For many small to mid-sized carriers, brokers play an important role in the success of your transportation business. In this episode, we're joined by Jeremy Becker with Kirsch Transportation, and we're going to find out how you can build and leverage your relationships with brokers. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. Hey, Jeremy, you know, brokers play a critical role in the transportation industry and i know you've been kind of on both sides of the fence so to speak you've worked on the asset side uh, and now on the logistics side of things but can you talk a little bit about uh, what critical role the brokers play in our industry well i think the common theme for a brokerage is that we are there as both alongside the carrier uh, always, but at the same time, we look at it on the on the brokerage side. Is at the end of the day, when all of the assets on a on a an asset based trucking company are used up, the brokerage is still there, being able to secure additional assets, additional drivers. They might have to come from a long ways away, but they are there to help with the eleventh uh, hour of the day, yesterday's business that still isn't covered. And so we feel we have a real uh, strong presence with that. So I think what's interesting and maybe what some drivers don't understand is in the in the brokerage world, you really have two sets of customers. It's the shipper and then the carrier themselves. So you really have to build relationships with both. Yeah, we, we actually look at the carrier side as as the utmost important piece to our business because we can't do what we do every day without the carrier, not to mention the relationships we have with them. And I think another piece to being the the broker on the brokerage side is that we facilitate in this day and age, at least at the company I work for, as alongside another carrier. We have to make sure that all the metrics, compliance, all the efforts that a carrier has to go through to pick up on time, deliver on time, we have to go through all those components too. And I believe it's became more cutthroat than ever. And so we have a lot of uh, places in the game that line right up with a carrier too. And I think that misconception isn't always, or there is a misconception with carriers out there that think, well, these guys are sitting on a on a fence waiting for freight. But that's not the case, at least where we are coming from right now. I think you brought up an interesting point there where uh, as a broker, you also have to be concerned about that driver's hours of service, making sure you're not setting up appointments that, you know, the the truck can't achieve or the driver can't achieve. Is there any specific tools you guys use in the brokerage side of things to help track some of those things? And then I know one of the the pain points of a lot of drivers is the amount of phone calls sometimes that are generated between the broker and the driver themselves. What about today's technology? Is there anything there that can help uh, minimize some of those calls? So that's a very interesting question. We do have technology in place, but at the end of the day, if we give all the information, that is the best information. You never want to hold back information from a driver, period, whether you're on the asset side or the brokerage side. I've been on the asset side, so I've dispatched many trucks in my time, and the minute that you don't give all the information, you're looked upon as somebody that withheld information, and then you're looked upon as being the bad guy. And so with that said, we have to provide 
ample information to our, our driver. And technology-wise, there's nothing that can beat just common information that can be sent across. Our, our technology on our side at our company is has the ability to send across and be pinged to the, to the driver and or the dispatcher for that driver. But at the end of the day, the only thing that we can do is ask if they have enough hours to move that freight. You, uh, you brought up an interesting point there. Again, I, I remember back in the days, and, and you and I have been in trucking for probably about the same time. I'm pushing 30 years now, but uh, the, the brokers, a lot of times in the past, it sim- seemed like they wanted to hold back information from the, the dispatch or the carrier themselves, and they would provide a city and state of pickup, maybe a date and time, and beyond that, they didn't want to give the dispatcher any more information. They wanted to talk directly to the broker. Now, has that changed over time? Has it gotten better? It's had to. Good. Uh, I think that's a really important point that you bring up. When I entered, there is no doubt in my mind that almost 100% were probably doing that. But the evolution of the brokerage side dating back to or or spinning back to what i said where we line right up with a carrier neck and neck with the customer that we're trying to move freight for we can't afford to eliminate information from being told to the to the driver so yeah a hundred percent we have to give all the information and quite frankly our employees will stand out differently if they're not giving that information I think they probably do then. I still hear some of that going on. And when I interview drivers, uh, some, of, some of my own drivers actually too, but you know, that's the one thing that it always comes up is the communication. Uh, I did a recent podcast here about why do trucking, why do truck lines lie to their drivers? And it wasn't about us intentionally lying to anybody, but what it came down to was the lack of communication and what we did or didn't share, the assumptions we made. And from the driver's point of view, you know, it comes across as, hey, you had this information, you didn't share it, and and it was came out as a lie. So I hate that stigma in the industry. I'm glad you guys are working hard to get rid of it. Yeah, I think the elephant in the room is that it always boils down to withholding perhaps the, the money or the monetary component to it. Uh, if you don't give enough information, they're not able to move it. At, at a high level that ultimately the return on investment is keeping your business with the customer. But at the same time, it can, all, it can boil all the way down to me having a conversation with you, Andrew, and saying, Mr. Driver, Mr. Driver, what have you, I'm not telling you all the information, nor am I giving the mo- how much money is in the load initially. And that has always been kind of a stigma too. But at the same time, I think uh, anymore, we have to we have to move beyond that it it's 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 not even part of our regimen anymore it's just we need to find a really good driver that can service this freight and we will pay very honest wage to get it done so i'm curious uh when we think about time how has today's perception of a brokerage changed over time great question I think over time it has really been eliminated in terms of the stigma that is out there on a brokerage. When I first entered the industry, the brokerage side of the business was one of those that perhaps sat till the end of the day and waited for a carrier that couldn't move it and therefore they could add excess 
dollars to it or what have you. I think over time and just the evolution of what makes a really good brokerage is that every day we wake up, we need to make sure that we service our customer. And we're not waiting till the end of the day because capacity is so valuable that we need it as early as possible versus waiting till the end of the day. There's no time for games. Absolutely not. Right. And therefore, the games have passed and those that are still practicing those particular games are not successful, period. And so therefore, I, you know, I kind of go back to when we wake up every day, we have competition that is carriers and is brokerage. A lot of the time it's carriers. And so when we go see customers and we facilitate in RFPs and we facilitate in compliance week to week, month to month, it's lined up against carriers. And so we have to we have to perform the same way a carrier does, but we have an added level to that where we have to make sure our relationship with our carriers being a non-asset, that we have that going for us and they actually have that same information. And it, it goes back to you mentioning early, we have to give 100% of the information. You can't play those games like you said, Andrew, and, and, and hold back because then you're, 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 setting your up, you're setting yourself up for lacking success. Well, and I think you mentioned a, a key point there is, and I know from the carrier side of stuff, uh, it's, it's tough because all you're selling is service, right? In, in my particular case, I own the trucks. In your case, you don't. So you even have a disadvantage, you know, from, from the, the common carrier out there where you're selling service, but you don't necessarily have 100% control over the truck. So uh, I would think that's an even tougher sale, if you will, to the customer to get them to trust you and your services. For sure. We, we actually, as a brokerage, put as much effort into developing our relationships with our carriers as we do our customers. Yeah. And that comes from top down. Our, our owner, our two owners, they're fifth and fourth generation truckers. They come from trucking families, asset-based families. And so it's been very important. And I always like to say that when we're not treating our carriers correctly, our owners still pull us by the ears and tell us you, you need to relate with them, you need to build these relationships. And so what I mean by going out and seeing our carriers is we, we're just specifically building relationships with them. It's the same component that we do with our customers as well. And it's, we, we, put, we put a pretty significant uh, piece to that in place four, five, six years ago. And so when we go out and see customers in whatever metropolitan area, we're going out and we're actually finding the terminals of some of our top carriers at the same time and mixing that in too. Very, very, very successful piece to our puzzle as we continue to grow. That's interesting. I know uh, maybe 90% of the trucks that are on the road today are small guys, right? Small carriers, one truck, 10 trucks, something like that. So what, what advice might you give the smaller carrier of how to build a relationship? I, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, I sit on some social media websites or boards and I, I kind of just watch. I sit back in the in the back and I, I look at the posts and the drivers are upset, they're angry, they they typically don't have a lot of good things to say right now about rates and where rates have gone. 
But if you were talking to a small carrier and giving them some kind of advice, what would that be? Well, I think the natural piece to a driver is they drive 10 hours down the road, so they have nothing else better to think about right. as, and how they perhaps got the bad end of the stick, right? Right. On, on a rate or on the load or what have you. But I think some of the, the more positive pieces that they need to look at is that kind of what we talked about earlier, we are in this, we as a brokerage are in this game to service the customer and we're gonna give you every piece of information possible. But I would tell you that at Kirsch, we have anywhere from five truck to 300 truck providers that work for us. That That's kind of our wheelhouse. And the relationships that we've built with those particular carrier companies is phenomenal. We just had one in from deep South Texas last week into our office, the owners and we wanted to show them what we're all about how we have kind of the same tools the same association to the industry as they do as well having having been down to their offices uh the one missing piece is we just don't have eight acres of trailers and trucks sitting in there but the one thing that we have done most uh probably in the last five years is we have hired a lot of asset-based operators and it's been really phenomenal to see them grow having been used to just dispatching trucks all day long but instead having maybe a little more time to build relationships with carriers that like you mentioned might have that stereotype of who am i dealing with on the other side of the phone and so when that when that driver can actually call in and talk to joe the dispatcher and he finds out that perhaps he worked at an asset-based truck company line, yeah. for 10 to 25 right. years, which we do have, it, it really sets the tone in a positive fashion. I would think that would help get rid of the stigma too. I, you know, when you think about the old school truck brokerage, you know, what comes to mind? That that guy just, hate to say it, kind of the used car salesman that's just trying to make a quick buck and, and get off the, you know, get off the phone with you and stuff. Yeah, I, I think some of it has to do with terminology and verbiage. The fact that we have some, as I like to call it, old dispatchers or some old asset people, as I call myself, when we can talk the talk or or conduct a, a regular conversation about the industry, but not to mention just find out about how passionate we are about making sure that we pick up and deliver on time. One example that I always like to correlate to is that we're, we're actually a woman-owned company. And we're very proud of that, just being a minority business business enterprise. But at the end of the day, we can take that to a carrier, or excuse me, we can take that to a customer. But at the end of the day, all we want to do is we want to pick up and deliver their freight. If they want to utilize us as that minority business enterprise, they can. But at the end of the day, we just want to be part of the a piece of the pie to be able to pick up that freight and that's the way we want to be with our carriers too we just we, we can we can have this and we can have that and we can have all these people that have been in the asset side but i think our passion once they get us on the phone and they start to talk to us and just be real people about it they find a lot more out about us i think that's fantastic you're looking at ways to bring uh people into your business that have worked in other segments uh, like the carrier side. Can you talk at a high level, uh, 
maybe how you bring in new talent to your company? What kind of training do they go through? How do I know if I'm a customer or a carrier that I'm not getting uh, somebody that's fresh out of school and, and doesn't know much? So what are you doing different maybe to train up your people? Great question. So we have a process in place that is probably the most professional orientation that we've ever had. Uh, I could easily tell you that I prefer to have feet to the fire. That's the way I learn. I know you learn that way too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, you know, many days of using a keyboard and guessing if that was a field command option to dispatch a truck. Thank you. It worked. So now I can go with it, move forward with it. But what we have in place for our orientation is something that we're really proud of, and I know from our ownership on down. Our, our TMS that we use, our in-house TMS that we use for our management of all our business is McLeod. And we got to a point with uh, some pr proprietary software up until 2015 that uh, Matt Kirsch had developed with a, a software engineer. And what had happened was we couldn't report. We couldn't build reports fast enough. We couldn't give information to our customers fast enough. And where I'm going with this is that we, we hired McLeod, McLeod started to develop things that we needed, whatever the case, bolt-on, a la carte, all that kind of stuff. But time went by and uh, in the last two years, we got to a point where we need more development. We, we felt that we were giving some ideas that perhaps it was, weren't moved fast enough for orientation, training, how to be good at what you do. And so we hired a, a representative from McLeod and we're, we're pretty proud of that because of the fact that he coincidentally came from a trucking company prior to McLeod. He worked for his dad had a trucking company for many years and still does. And he he brought that asset based component. And so what he brought was something that we really wanted, but he still had that background. And so what he has developed into is kind of our orientation guru, if you will, or orientation engineer, where we have uh, recordings now of how to utilize the system better, how to do this, how to do that, and we're pretty proud of that. We're going to continue this conversation with Jeremy Becker in our next episode of the podcast, where we'll dive into the stigmas that surround working with brokers, what is true and what isn't, and the things that you need to know.